Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We're broadcasting live from the middle of the blahs, so I'm Whoa. not sure that that is Blah. good of us. I'm not Vague. sure we should bring to you our thoughts from when we're all no. looking at each other vaguely. There's kind of a... I don't know. Do you know how your lawn looks right now? Well, does Yeah, yours... mine is dirt. <laughs> so, loose mine dust... Is... <laughs> Oh. Mine is um, loose dust being held down by some brown grass. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's about it. That's about that's where it? we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it is. And we have this, like, wildfire haze, although we've had blue skies. There's just, like, yeah, It's a, just a little bit sort of thick out. Dusty. And we've got school coming down the pike at us and Grace Agenda even sooner. Actually, you know what? how school is coming at us? Harken back to your youth when someone is chasing you upstairs really fast. And they, I, when I say someone I should just say Nate. It was Nate. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're running as fast as you can up the stairs and someone is grabbing at your ankles. You know, or, you know or, like like your ankles. That's the way no, I was back to say, school is coming for us. At any time, there is a grocery cart behind you. Yes. You know how you walk with a weird, like, get your ankles out quick. Get them. Get them. Yep. Move them. Yep. They're yep, about to yep. get clipped. I'm about to get my Achilles heel taken uh-huh. out. Well, Even if you trust the person behind you, you always walk with a different amount of, of <laughs> twinkle toes. Fear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, That's it's, how it is. It's feeling a lot like it, that. But we're, we're back at our old haunt behind Goodwill. Yep. Looking out over the top of the Walmart. And the La Quinta. The La Quinta. <laughs> and um, eating yeah. grapes. If you hear the crunchy sounds from afar, it's that's It's the grapes. We're hoping that that us. will rev us back into action somehow. <laughs> you can never know. Sometimes. No. There's a lot to do between now and 10 minutes from now, but yes, I we'll was... see how we do. Yeah, I think we're getting ready for Grace Agenda this week weekend. And so I feel like we're definitely for sure in the phase that is. We're trying to prepare in all the ways we can prepare, but what happens, happens. It does. Like, we're at the part it where it's just going to be like... I know. My big goal, which I will say I'm close to, is I have been mudding and taping in my kitchen and priming and getting some cabinets caulked and painted, and it's been a lot of that. And here's the thing. When you have a wall that shouldn't have been able to be a flat wall because it's more like a choppy sea, and then after much drama, you get it to be a flat wall, nobody's ever going to look at it because it's just a wall. They'd look at it if it was not straight, though. Exactly. So what I'm saying is you win through to success and all you have is a blank wall that... Mm. I kind of want to run some excursions through my house and tell big tales about the gap that used to be well, there. I had a very victorious, <laughs> victorious, uh, we're working still to try to finish our basement. Off, finishing it out, we got kitchen cabinets. And they're really cute, too. Put in there. And just the holes for the appliances right now. Mm-hmm. They're ordered. The appliances have been ordered. But then I... 
it's got a little stacking washer and dryer for the closet that we have in there to have the stacking washer and dryer in. So, but you know what? You don't know how to do this. It's really quite tricky because it's a closet that's not much bigger than the washer and dryer. Mm -hmm. And did you know that they don't make dryer cords very long? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, that's you could, you not could, fun. No, you could no. get it all plugged in and hooked up with you behind it in the <laughs> right. closet. Right. Or alternately, you could get yeah. out of the closet and have it sort of unplug the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing yeah. is not easy to move no. so it's a lot of like awkward work mm -hmm. trying to get it to move um did you get it uh oh yeah we did but it was quite funny because mm -hmm. first I was so proud of myself because I got it plugged in got out scooched the whole thing into the closet I was like well done Rachel tried to turn on the washing machine and it wouldn't turn on and I was like what what happened here but it turned out that in my fantastic work of scooching the washing machine in, we had pulled the plug out, out. partway. Yeah. So, yeah. had to fix that. But then when we drug the whole thing out, which was no easy breezy affair, then we noticed that I had forgotten to hook up the dryer vent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have really made a lint disaster in that closet. So... You'd only notice when it was beginning to inch yeah, out of the closet exactly. on its own steam. Okay, but this is my pro <laughs> and then this is my problem. We did get it fixed. We managed, and uh, Titus ended up being the one who got stuck in the closet because he's skinnier <laughs> enough to maybe get out, slither out, more afterwards. agile to like stick his feet out the bottom and then. <laughs> and uh, that was funny, but we managed. We mm -hmm. achieved. We got it done. Mm-hmm. But this reminds me of the problem that I brought up with you recently. So if any of our listeners know this problem, we have a nice down comforter that we've had for probably a couple years. Yeah. I'm guessing. But it was not a, it was not a cheap one. It's mm -hmm. a nice down comforter. Yeah. But then, you know how it happens where all of the feathers leave their department and go <laughs> to the other department. <laughs> well... It and always you don't know seems, how because right, I don't they're know how they're in. oozing themselves through yeah. the little channels and getting it done. And it seems like all yeah. of a sudden the problem got really big with this comforter. Like, and yeah. I know that it typically does it towards the end of the bed, like the yeah, the top where you pull the covers because you pull yeah. and then down on the end Gets it drags down. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I have switched that around, you know, but nothing. It didn't do anything to help. <laughs> and now, suddenly, all the feathers are just coming out all together into oh, the yeah. room. Good. But what happened that causes that? And also, why don't they ever get back in it? I don't know. I mean, or is it a lost cause at no. this point? If the feathers... Because mm -hmm. now, I'm getting full-on feather dust bunnies in the room. Yeah, it's probably like... You know, your car reaches a certain number of miles. Right? It's just over now? It's, now it's just going to have the wheels fall But how come there off? are down comforters from other, like, old down comforters that are still... They might be leaky, too, because imagine trying to get all the feathers out. You never would be able to. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I just need answers on this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you do? Just That's true. I, does anyone, yeah. Is anyone foolish enough to rip out the channel seams and redistribute? No. You just buy a new one and... I think that's how you make a bean bag that's full. <laughs> I mean... Uh-huh. I don't know what the solution yeah. is. No. But I feel like it, it seems wrong yeah. to just be like, well, we're done no, here. I'm with you. We had a dinner party at our house one week ago. So this is a bit shameful for me to report on. But it was a week. And in order to fit us all in more thoroughly we had to move our sofas out onto our porch and they're still there it's like (laughs) we got them out there on the porch and it is just a little bit too pleasant to go sit on (laughs) the couch on the porch and so my and it's so tacky it's just the tackiest thing you've ever seen to have two sofas out there on the porch and I mean, they're gray, so they kind of blend in with the house and you don't really see them, except for you're wondering why there's throw pillows like that. But my, it's like my living room is just bone empty because I don't have, we moved the coffee table upstairs. It's still up there. Mm, do you want to get that coffee table back. on me? I could use it. Well, you know what happened to the coffee table was Ben had to rebuild a motor or something from the car of some sort. It was a, <laughs> there was something... There was a greasy surprise that came in from under the hood of a car. Oh. And he spread newspapers all out, and he plunked that thing down there on the coffee table, and he got it done, went, put it back in the car. It was all great. And then we picked up the newspapers. <laughs> and the magic that happened was that it just transferred the news oh. <laughs> And then left an article on it. <laughs> I, I still want it. Are you going to be done with know, it or are you going to keep it? I was going to set a tray over that. But I thought it was really hilarious because you know how <laughs> it's probably one of those magical, here's how to get a print onto mm-hmm. the side of a mm-hmm. terracotta pot or something. Oh, yeah. It's a Motor magical oil. transfer technique. <laughs> Motor oil and newsprint is apparently the <laughs> what you need. <laughs> I don't know what it was. If there was like, I don't know if it was the oil. I don't know. Because it wasn't even like he was pouring grease around on things. It just, huh. anyway, that happened. Well, just make it all blend in, you know. Just do it more thoroughly all over <laughs> all the over whole the coffee table. This is our newspaper transfer table. <laughs> I know. That is funny. Yeah, it was, it was well well executed yeah so, so i think maybe hmm. this is the time becca for us to talk about what to do when you don't feel like it <laughs> eat grapes eat grapes and hope for the best yeah kind of sit here on the cusp of despair <laughs> <laughs> we're not really on the cusp no. of despair we're not no but we might think we are sometimes <laughs> No, we have the biggest grace agenda ever of all time happening. And so it's going to be a lot of people in town. 
and it's gonna be awesome actually i'm in really previous, excited about it in previous years we have done things where you could sign up like if you're going to be in town for great's agenda sign up to be invited to someone's house for um sabbath dinner yeah but there are too many people coming this year besides the fact that our own church body life right now feels roughly like grace agendas of years past yeah, just oh yeah. so many people moving to town so many new people and that's just it's great it's but awesome. it's just that we're everything's a little different than usual uh-huh. and so we couldn't do that this year so instead we waited until the last minute for the city to approve a block party downtown. So now we have a big space downtown that will be blocked off for the world's most outrageous Sabbath dinner. Sabbath dinner, <laughs> which nobody thought about or prepared about in mm -hmm. advance. Mm -hmm. But we are slapping it together. Well, I don't think that's true. There's been quite a lot of thought that went into it, and it's going to be rad. It will However, be However, I am saying... Nobody thought we didn't. Ha we didn't. This know is all in the last like two, two weeks. weeks. It's yeah. been it's been very little time to plan it. I'm really thankful for and enjoy the body that is here, the church body that is so up for bizarre. Challenges. Oh, it's going to be so great. So my husband has rounded up a couple of guys. Well, one guy is going to help him pull this off, and then he's going to get a bunch of guys to help like grill and slice but they're doing tri-tip sliders for 800 so he's gonna be cranking that out in the next few days and then i think the guy who's helping him is amazing because he's gonna be getting up at like three in the morning to start smoking all that yeah meat. yeah then they're gonna be like grilling it on main street cutting it putting yeah. it in little slider rolls my aunt and cousin are doing our grandma's mac and cheese, but like for 500 people in small. <laughs> there will be loaded half-baked potatoes and fries and sausages and hot dogs. And I bought a huge paella pan from which we'll be doing gnocchi. Gnocchi and vodka sauce. So mm -hmm. it's basically going to be like all free fair food. A couple of canoes full of drinks and music and, and a bouncy castle. and. But it's going to be like basically not a buffet line it's just gonna be like costco samples but ramped up a bigger bit. yeah yeah so are there are just some things Maria that slider. i can tell that i'm not thinking of yet like i like i feel like we've thought about it i've made the map i've i've yeah, contacted all the people that i was like how do you feel about making a lot of food yeah but in an unprecedented it, way telling you know what maybe two thousand people come and get it come for dinner yeah, that'll be And casual. it's open to anybody in Moscow who comes. So mm -hmm. we're just basing our our guesses that we're trying to feed dinner and dessert to 2,000 to people. And the, a bunch of young girls in the church are all making cookies. So there will be mm -hmm. 2,000 cookies. Yeah. Blair, my own rising sixth grader, was like, I could make 2,000 cookies. I was like, I don't doubt you, actually. <laughs> but I think let's limit ourselves to yeah. 10 dozen and mm -hmm. she but she's like it would just be 83 batches <laughs> she sorted that out it's like well yeah I think we have other things that we need to do and uh so it should be super fun i'm looking forward to doing, gonna be we're awesome. doing corn in a cup which i did a trial run of that 
the other day and it was super super delicious was is it like um mexican street corn but but off, off the, the cob, cob. Yeah, yeah i've done one like and that it's very good it is really good and so that was good we're mm-hmm. gonna do that that'll be happening the uh and it's just fun it's fun there will be wood fire pizzas coming out of uh ben bowen's pizza trailer mm-hmm. he's aiming to make 400 pizzas Oh my word! My children, See, my children got signed up to work the pizza squad. Okay. So I'm realizing I won't have my own usual standbys. Will Meanwhile, not be with me. My daughter got like she was working as the church secretary, and then she was handed sort of the events, church mm-hmm. events, which means the first real church event to, that she had to organize is this, this one. This one. <laughs> The one that is like beyond all others. So she's been up to her eyeballs in her own things, you know, regarding schedules and, you know, logistics and name tags and registrations and booklets and like all that. She's handling all that. uh, Because I am in charge of the block party, I... But but everybody, all these people that are doing stuff are totally competent to figure out what they're doing. So it feels way more like a weird, like you're not sure what exactly is gonna happen. No, I think that's awesome. I think it's just gonna be. Yeah, great. I think it'll be really and fun. The I'm actually really excited this to off see are it. Pretty impressive. I know. I'm levels. really. I'm really. I like that someone messaged me what they need. What they need me to order for them. And I love that I don't even, it's like three Mexi dips that they're doing with tortilla chips and stuff like dips or whatever. And they, but it's just like somebody else figured out that they needed 25 pounds of black beans. (laughs) And so that'll be fine. No, I managed to get the 800 slider rolls ordered. Good. Forgot about the little serving paper boat things. So now I have to round that up, but Uh, you can probably still add it because it's not being delivered. Can you keep adding? Yeah. Okay. You can probably do that. I'll do that. Anyways, it's a very. This is yeah. why I think we are. Sometimes this is why we sit here in the car eating grapes. Sometimes and we're getting a lot staring. done, and other times we're just <laughs> sitting around wondering what we're doing. No, I told Rachel like this morning that I have this massive list of like things I need to talk to Ben about, ask him about, get his take on, and then in the minute where we're like sitting in the car together, I can't even finish a sentence because. It's all clogging up yeah. and getting tangled before it comes out. And so then it's like, well, I don't know. You're like, what's probably best is if Never we just mind. don't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come one way or the other. Anyways, it's yeah. good. And it's always good. It's always good to have things happening when you don't feel like it. Yeah. It really is not just hospitality, but like all of life, the whole world is telling us all the time to bow out of things yeah. if you're not. And you know what I thought was unreal? I'll tell you. Tell me. I saw this on the Facebook. And I don't know why I saw it on the Facebook. And I can't even remember who the pebble is who said it. So okay. I, I, it was just a post that was like, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, pastors. But it was from a pastor. Okay shooting it out there into the crowds of pastors (laughs) and it was like this you it's hard right now and 
sort of an admonition for pastors to just take a day and not worry about anything. And it was like, but one of the things that it said is no difficult conversations today. Like just sit back and get your feet up, pastors, wherever you are. You're not wow. needed right now. It's time for you. It's you time. And the thing that amazed me is wow. that then, and then the comments is just pastor after pastor being, I so needed to hear this right now. And this is exactly, and I was like, it was like the pastor version of moms being big quitters. Yep. But like for self-care, for whatever. Yeah. It was a past, like I've heard that, that exact oh, yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. a million times, but not about being a pastor. And the idea, wow. like when you wow. think about what scripture says of pastors anyways. Shepherds. shepherds. like, and what would you do to go get the one sheep? And right. you know what it is? It's not refusing to have a difficult conversation no. and putting your feet up no. in the middle of the this is all about no. you time. Which is not to say that a pastor never needs to go on a break and take a vacation. That's, that's all right. No, but, of course. There's, there's a But big, this is weird because this, is we weird. talked about this last time about the duty, like how... The idea of duty is something that yeah, we nobody, don't like we don't like that. No. And it just is striking I think, to me. Okay, I think that that was already deep. We had that splinter deep in yeah, our psyche. For sure. But man, I really think that COVID and 2020 has made quitting like enter our DNA. Mm-hmm. Like I think it is just built in now that like mm-hmm. we're going to quit you're going to quit. We're all going to quit. And then we can't blame each other because we're all quitting. It's weird. It's like, it's weird how suddenly, because a lot more suddenly than a generation dying out. Like when the baby boomers are all retiring from the workforce, that will cause something. But it, this is happening way more suddenly than a generation retiring is this like, nobody can find anyone to hire. Uh huh. That's, because everybody quit. They're all sitting at home. On the bright side, we're just back to we're just back to the time when working hard is going to be a, a hard to find commodity. Yeah. Like yeah. And it, and it just reminds you that like so let's do that. But I do like I've been hearing that everybody's so desperate for workers that it makes the workers who do, do turn up kind of entitled and they can kind of just totally they do they, they end can up, just be like well fine fire me i'm gonna go get another job in yeah, 10 seconds it's, anyway it's switching from being a employer's market to being an employee's market like where uh-huh. and so it makes employees far more demandy and yeah. very weird it is very weird but it makes it reminds me of the fact that one of the people who's not having a hiring problem is the lord and that but it's funny because it does make you think about who are we working for and what kind of workers are we being yep i think there's a lot of slipshod here Mm -hmm. boss is what i deserve here's how i'm going to not show up unless you do what i want i can remember I i can remember this has happened to my husband in his work before talking with people under him or whatever so and we have a b in the car (laughs) okay he's out that was weird (laughs) (laughs) um this has happened to my husband before where people are like coming to their boss yeah to be like 
how are you going to make me want to do the work? Whoa, really? Yeah, like how are you going to inspire me and give me the will to work? It's like, well, I don't think that that's one of the things I can do for you. Yeah. You know, like if you don't got that, I'm not sure that anyone can get it. Kind of between you and your spirit. You're like, you and the Lord need to work out that. (laughs) And because it is funny, but it's like basically you haven't really made me excited about the idea of coming to work. Wow. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But but that's what I mean. Like, I think that splinter was deep before. But we do that all I the time think... to God is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. The idea of, like, Lord, you're slacking off on the job of making me excited about this work I have to do. <laughs> I'm not feeling that I really have been adequately lured into cleaning my house today. <laughs> my sparking joy worldview is... Is letting me down. <laughs> I'm like, does this duty of mine give me joy? Mm, no. But I will say that, I mean, with our kids, it wasn't just obedience that we required. It was cheerful obedience. And you have to decide to be cheerful because if you say, okay, cheerful obedience is the standard, so I guess I have to wait to obey until I feel until cheerful, cheerful. Yeah. then you've gotten it wrong and you're not going to get anything done. But there are so many times when you decide to do the thing and it turns out, oh yeah, I can enjoy it. I can, actually, I, I actually can find joy in this. This exactly is when I turn my, when I have little kids that were bored and I, or they didn't want to do anything and I well, you have to go play Duplos for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. And basically, you go play for 10 minutes, and then we'll talk. Yeah. Never, they never needed help after they were doing no, something for 10 minutes. It's like once you get going in it. No, and, even honestly, like, muddying my kitchen, which I could have done before this because... But it's just like it had never gotten to the top of the list. And so... Yeah. And there were a lot of parts of that kitchen that I was dreading having to mud because it's really high. It's 10 foot ceilings. I really didn't want to do the ceiling because that just makes me sad to even think about trying to do a 10 foot ceiling, you know, where you're dropping big blops of mud in your eyes all the time. Yeah. Hurting your neck. Anyway, so I was really dreading this. And then it turns out, you know what? When you finally haul the ladder out and you get up there, you're like, oh, hey. This is actually kind of fun. Look at that. <laughs> and I, well, thankfully, I didn't have to do a beautiful job on the ceiling because we're going to do a tin ceiling over it. I just had to get one round of tape and mud on it for just, you know, uh-huh. fire code, etc. But anyway, all I'm saying here is that you actually, if you decide to do the thing, you can find joy in it. And yeah. you should find joy in it because you shouldn't be a sulky sulky disciple but you can't sit there and wait for the joy to come before you decide to do it or say I will do it if it makes me happy because that it just won't it doesn't work that way no and you can't wait for it to make yeah it just isn't like that but the other thing is that the fruit of faithfulness is not we're not being faithful so that we can get a result immediately from it. It's not like Mm-mm. you go be faithful and immediately receive your paycheck of joy. No, but, but you also shouldn't very grump your way through it. Like, I'm just saying, I think you can decide you're to have fun. It, then you're not actually being faithful. You know, like, if yeah. you're rolling your eyes 
as you are making lunch for your kids. Yeah. You're, that is the, that is the son that says he won't, wait, which way does it go? <laughs> says he won't go and does go, or the son who says he will and doesn't go. It's that one. I yeah. think it's that one. The bad one. The one that's saying, fine, I'm doing my duty, but you're not actually, because you're not actually showing right. up for your duty. Right. You're actually just going through the motions. Yeah, and I think that it's like, let's say that there's something that you know you should submit to your husband on, but you don't want to. You know, like you know you ought to. Fancy that. But you don't feel like it, and you're like, well, but I'm supposed to obey cheerfully, and if I'm not cheerful. I had a weird I thought. Can't. The thing is, what if you just decide to do it, and decide, and I'm going to also be joyful in it. Turns out, it's possible, but you have to step in faith first. Right. You know, like you have to actually take the take the step. Right. What were you saying? Sorry. Uh, oh, I just have been thinking lately about how I think that maybe this is way too big of a topic that I'm getting ready to bring up. Okay. But I'll, I'll we'll see. You bring it up, and then I'll say bad idea, Rachel. No, I don't too big of a topic, Rachel. Don't bring it up. Well, it's more that it's just, I feel like I might be soldiering into one of those topics where there's too many ways you need to qualify everything, which makes it then hard to even talk about. <laughs> okay. You're like, never mind. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this because of a thing that came up that uh, was advice someone was giving men, which was to find a male mentor to share your sexual temptations and trials with because your wife cannot handle it. Like if you like basically you need accountability and you need support from someone and it will be too hard for your wife to okay. hear this. So you need to have a man help you in that. And it struck me as something really interesting because so this is very this is very general. Like I'm talking about in the world of the why is that advice that would work in some places? Like why is that advice that would um and I'm talking here about the normal struggles of a faithful Christian man, not exceptional yeah, mind-boggling sure. <laughs> struggles. Right. Uh and the idea that your wife isn't your helpmate? Yeah, isn't yeah. actually. Because no, she can't help but, and won't but help. <laughs> can't. But the thing that struck me as really interesting in it is that I actually totally agree that oftentimes your wife can't handle it. But the problem is she ought to. Yeah. Problem is she needs to. Like she's the only person who actually has been given to you by God exactly. for that. And I'm obviously not talking to the husbands here because it's Becca and I talking to the wives. But I'm realize, I just made me think, why are we not telling wives yeah. to step up into the office that God has called them to? Which is not, let me put this in big all caps, being like the superintendent or principal of your over oh your Lord. husband's thought no, life, no. but rather to be actually a helpmate. And it was, and it just struck me all of a sudden where I was like, you know what? It's really good for Christian women to know what faithful masculinity is like up close yeah, and to, and to be 
supporting your husband, forgiving your husband, praying for him, with him. And I think one of the biggest things, because I say this, I've said parts of this a lot of times. Yeah. But the biggest way that you can grow up into being a woman who actually is a huge help and a gift to your husband in that way, the biggest way that you can grow up into that is to be honest about your own sin. And one of the things that women are no good at, one of the reasons women cannot handle this sort of trouble, you know, if their husband's like, forgive me, I was struggling with my eyes about something. And then you freak out. Yeah. You know, like, and get wounded and get hurt. Cry for days. Freak out instead of realizing that your husband actually seeking forgiveness on that is... Faithfulness. It is him being respectable and wonderful. And but the thing that I was just gonna say is that being honest about your own uh, temptations. Whoops! I did it again. I was trying to put my my watch on silent, and instead I pinged my iPhone. <laughs> um, basically, being honest about your own sin means realizing that though you may not sin in that exact way. You sin exactly in that same, like, like how many wives would say, yes, and forgive me for really wanting people to notice my legs at church. (laughs) Right? Like, I mean, would they be as honest about their sin? Which is, I think, why the temptation to become those, like, Victorian prudish school marms over your husband only can happen if you don't actually have a... Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're hiding from yourself? I think, yeah, and I think that there's a few ways that this can go real cockeyed. And one is if the wife then basically nominates herself as the sheriff. And it's sort of like, show me your phone. I'm going to go through all of your texts. I'm going to, you know, like... And I don't mean... Or beating him up with his failure. Yeah, or... I'm going to punish you for this or whatever. I like, I hold all the cards here. You screwed up. So now I'm the one. I'm clearly the, the only responsible well, person. Or that I have the, the leverage right now because uh-huh. of, you know, whatever. But I think, I think acting like in this matter, I am your head. That's, that's, awful. that's bad. Cause you still have to, he's still your head and you're there to help. And you still have to be respectful and submissive while at the same time we know that the, the, the wife has authority over her husband's body and the husband has authority mm-hmm. over the wife. So, like, maintaining maintaining your godly, wifely demeanor while at the same time being a help. Being a help. But then I think the other one is, like, acting like... Um, oh. Now we have another bee in the car. It's Did really... you see that I was rolling the window <laughs> up? Like <laughs> I was rolling the window up to it's keep out. it out, and it came in and yeah, my last. There we oh! go. No, it's yeah. out. Yeah, it's inch out. the last inch of window. Ugh, it came but in. I think the other one is if um, wives act <laughs> like if he ever found any other woman attractive, however briefly, then basically he's been unfaithful to me. I will fall right. apart. I will be like perennially wounded and upset because he has to only ever think that I'm the most beautiful in all the land. And that's just really being like the ugly um, stepmother who must be the most beautiful in all the land. Like 
it is so vain and it's and yes of course he should be faithful oh, to you beauty, right sleeping beauty yeah i think um he mirror should, mirror on the wall yeah who is don't the let my husband notice anyone oh. else is being yeah, attractive. And, and he shouldn't be out leering at everybody it's true and that i is think we wrong. i feel like we don't really need to say that but just to be clear the whole point of this discussion is not to lower the standards no. for what god requires of men is to realize that that one of the best gifts God can give a faithful man who's pursuing holiness is a wife who's also faithful in pursuing holiness. And who believes and is in is a help to him. Is actual a, forgiveness. Right. Forgiveness and not like uh, trying to be superior on everything. Like, do you know, like actually. Or the being, object you know of adoration. Yes. Being a co-heir and a co-laborer with your husband and being someone who, and I, I think I, I keep trying to say that I think women do not recognize that you could be sinning in the same kind of level, like the same depth sure. of sin when you overreact with hurt feelings to him. Yeah. Like you're, we're, you could be doing things that are as repugnant to the Lord. Right. That just wasn't, it wasn't the same sin, but it's like. It's a parallel. Yeah. And I think being honest about your own actual temptations and sins, what happens is understanding your husband's gives you a much broader understanding of what it means to be a Christian and what masculine faithfulness looks like and what feminine faithfulness looks like and how, how to live as a Christian. And it, what struck me is that there's a lot of women out there right now that are getting all up in the grill of the sins of men yeah. that are not their problem like yeah. and not their responsibility but God maybe has given you an area where you ought to be really stewarding and tending something and you're not right I think too that there are some women who like if you had a marriage and again the qualifiers being it's run-of-the-mill He's, you know, faithful Christian man who's trying to, to live in a godly way. Not somebody who has we're talking a secret about, We're talking about like in nuisance, the what would qualify as nuisance, nuisance lust. lust. Yeah. So, you know, something that he's battling and trying to, you know, whatever. The sort of thing that like until the resurrection, you know, we're going to have we have this, sin and bodies. Yeah. What is that? Romans. Where is it? Six? Oh, Seven. Like, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, I think that when women act like, how dare you, and don't talk to me about that, or they melt down and freak out and everything in such a way that guarantees their husband never will talk to them about it, and their husband has to go off and find some man to try to understand him. you know like so let's say that then it's really weird because like the woman in the interest of i just want you to love me only and i need you to be close yeah. to me is actually creating a marriage that is not close that's exactly that is exactly so i have no i i was talking with my husband about this so one of the things that he super would not enjoy would be for me to have a doula when I was in labor. Yeah. But this falls in the same area. I also would not enjoy for him to have a mentor. Yeah. That would bother me as well. Like, 
we both, and I was like, yeah. but both of us agree that that's a position that someone sometimes is very necessary, yeah, right? Yeah, so completely. like, so in our relationship and in our marriage and in our births and in our everything, we have not want, we have not had the need of another person mm-hmm. to come in or I, I don't need a woman to come hold my hand because only a woman could understand what I'm going through or my husband is is unable to connect well that's because luke is secretly a doula he's very good at that (laughs) and he enjoys it and that's why it would bother him yeah it's not because i have nobody filling in that role for me and that's and this is why i'm saying we would all agree that there are times when this is stuffy right now i know just inviting the bees i know i'm like roll it down roll it up roll it down (laughs) anyways we would both a thousand percent agree that these are necessary roles in all kinds of times. But at the same time, it's like, why are we making this expectation that your husband should protect you from the knowledge of the things that he's actually struggling with or dealing with and, and having that be because he has to like, I think this is what was bothering me is that it's like calling husbands to protect their wives in a place where what they need to do is lead their wives to like yeah. instead of defending them from that reality yeah they need to say here's how i need your help and here's I, well, how i, I want say, you to come alongside the wife me. actually is there as a protection for her husband in this very department right and you don't and, and interestingly she's not mentioned as like a financial accountability partner no. or something so there this is the one area we know from scripture that a wife is given to a man for this kind of help, mm-hmm. not not a supervisory and, role. But I think that we get this weird um, notion from sort of romantic comedies of like what a relationship is supposed to always, you know, sort of the happy yeah. ending where it fades out with them staring into each other's eyes sort of a thing. And it's like, that's not actually what marriage is or you know, uh-huh. it's just not going to be that forever. And you should be a help and a protection to your husband, which you cannot do by burying your head in the sand and saying, la, la, la. No, or like, don't else. tell me that's depressing. I don't want to talk with you about that. <clears throat> you are not doing your duty. Or freaking out and getting angry, yeah. over-dramatizing Or acting it. like it's about you when it is not. Meaning, no. meaning in that, the what you were talking about, freaking out. The reason you freak out is because if your husband's like, "Hey, I need help with this," and inst- and you take it, you take it like an insult. This is an insult, and it's about me because this entire situation. So he says, "I need help with this," and you're like, "Not until you help me out of my emotionally crippled like <laughs> situation yeah. that I'm putting you in." It's not being a help me. Is what I'm saying to yeah. interpret it. But I would say if no- if this is if this has been you and you're listening to this and you're like, I actually told my husband I don't want to hear anything about this or just stay, you know, like, or I've freaked out a bunch of times when anything came up. Or I punished up, him. Or, or, yeah, I punished I him or like I turned the... my back on him and I, instead of actually filling your God-given role of being a protection for your husband, you have decided to punish him with your absence over... Yeah. And I, we, this is a, yeah, once again, all of the qualifications yeah. in the world. Just assume we're qualifying this really well. Assuming that you don't need to immediately call your pastor and bring in right. the big guns. Assuming that this is a nuisance lust kind of a situation. I would say to start out, 
changing what you've done. Seek forgiveness, right? If there's a time that your husband has told you about a struggle he was having and you did not handle it like a godly woman, that's not excusable. It's not. And it's something that you need to seek his forgiveness for. And you need to thank him and respect him for having being the kind of man who wants to get yeah. that right who who tells you what's happening because he doesn't want it to be right. between you and the thing is is if you say yes but you don't understand how much it hurt me it's like well that's why you have to forgive like right that's the whole like it isn't forgiveness if it wasn't an actual offense and it, the other I, thing of course is, it was an offense and of course it hurt you and that's why you have to to extend forgiveness to your husband the way you would be forgiven by God. Right. And that's the thing is that we don't get forgiveness from in our own hearts. We get it from God. We get it like God will equip you for what you need. So don't forget if you're thinking, but this would be really hard for me. Ask the Lord to strengthen you. And the next time that you have a conversation like this with your husband, notice that God is answering your prayer yeah. and giving you an opportunity to honor him, to yeah. to respect your husband, to be a support and a comfort to your husband, not just a, you know, not just a another way in which his sin causes, like, you know, like if he comes to say mm-hmm. something to you, I've been struggling with you know, whatever, some kind of a nuisance thing, that you don't want to then be heaping on the problems. Right. You want to actually be a, (coughs) you actually want to be a picture of forgiveness and comfort and relief that we have in Christ. Mercy and grace. And and think about it. Are you holier than Jesus? Will Jesus forgive this sin? Like, and you're like, yeah. but not me because, <laughs> because I am the one who can never also, forgive. And the other thing is, if you think about David's prayer after Bathsheba, where he says, um, against you and you only have I sinned. It's important to keep that in mind that like, when, if your husband, you know, has stumbled in that department, then yes, it is an offense against you. But really at the most primary level, it actually isn't. It was an offense against God. Uh-huh. And God is merciful and God forgives that. And God puts it as far away as the East is from the West. So you don't want to act know. You're, like... You're leaving out all those passages where it's like God gives the death stare at you after you ask for forgiveness. <laughs> for Brings a long it up time. again for he, weeks. He hearkens back to your old sins whenever, yeah. you know, like... Leverages it into a power makes move. Makes notes in a journal <laughs> that he might pull it out sometime to shame you. Yeah. Or like later, if you, you know, if God, I mean, if a husband asks his wife to, you know, she needs to submit to him, she'll want to have documented all this. <laughs> so Don't you like, remember the time? Don't you remember how you always make summer of judgment? <laughs> When, that one time when I saw you look at a woman in an inappropriate swimsuit for a moment. <laughs> it is it is true that I think women sometimes start to feel like they are the the um the They're perfect, the holy one. They're the perfect goddess against whom he has sinned. Oh, that's a real grief right there. And the other thing that's bad is that's what I'm saying. Be realistic about your own sin. Do not hide it. That you yourself mm-hmm. have no doubt yeah. Yeah. been like, don't hide it from yourself because 
Yeah. I think we all know as Christian women how smoothly modesty conversations go. <laughs> and do you know yeah. why they don't go smoothly in Christian circles? Why you can't say, oh man, ladies, let's just talk about modesty for a minute. And you know why they don't go well? Because it's a huge, huge protected sin class in yeah. our own hearts. That if you say, pretty sure your shirt was, your skirt was too short. You could be cut off from people forever if you said something like that. And and the thing is, is that is a huge feminine sin that is yeah. a protected class that we pretend yeah. it's impossible that you may have dallied in it, yeah. right? So yeah. then your husband has a problem and you're like, that disgusts me. You disgust well, me. It is also entirely believable that a woman could, all within, you were talking about, at church wanting people to notice her legs at church you could imagine in the very same morning the very same church service have her in her heart hoping that she's turning heads hoping that people notice hoping or this feeling and that really and the other. good about something feeling, and, yeah. yeah but just kind of hoping that that like people kind of like eyed her the eye, as, yeah. as she went yeah. past and if she saw her husband Having his head turned by another woman in the exact same manner, which she was she trying would, for, that she herself was trying yeah. for with somebody else's husbands, perhaps, that um, she would she would run that she would get on a moral high horse that she had no <laughs> right to even pretend yeah. to have. And do you know what's amazing about it? This is the thing. Oftentimes, Christian men are more humble than their wives Very about much. their own sin. Very much. Which means that he might not even point that out. He might yep. not even notice it. He could be like, you're right. I failed. I'm the worst. She's like, you are the worst. Yeah. You are. I can't even believe you. How dare you? And the thing is, you hurt is me that so much. men are far like way, way more often hit hard with the shovels of rebuke while women have been really pandered to well i will say that um like that we've whole talked article about that was before. like i'm so sorry i ever required people oh, yeah. to get a one piece it's so uh -huh. hard it's so yeah. traumatic for yeah. you i know it's really really tough. that was mean of us no the thing is i um i remember us talking about this we've had many teachers in our family for a lot of years in over the you know college high school just all of it and when the inevitable cheating happens, okay, because you're always going to get somebody who tried to cut a corner somewhere yeah. sometime, right? Christian kids, you know, you're talking about Christian schools, but it's still going to happen. And when it happens and it's a boy, they tend to be like, yeah, I did that. That was stupid. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done it. This is not universal. This is, this is generalizing for sure. Right. But, um... It's fine. I'm listening. Okay. But uh, when it's a girl, a girl will go to her grave denying that she ever did oh, any such thing. And, and bringing in like, all everybody else to protect her from the trouble. The thing is, is like, it is weird how I think women are far, far more arrogant in sin a lot of the time. But it's the sneaky, quiet kind of arrogance. It's the one that refuses to admit that I could have done anything wrong right. and then gets teary and like, I never would have. It just hurts like, me. I just like, it hurts me that you think I would do that because I so would I'm never. Not that, I'm not that kind and of person. It's like you, they could have had a cheat sheet stuffed up their sleeve and they will still say until they die that like, 
No, I didn't know it was there. I, I like it was, it must have gotten in there in the laundry and I just <laughs> never knew. I mean, and, and it's weird to me how much yeah. more of a thing it is to get a girl to the point where she will say, mm -hmm. I did do that. And I'm right. sorry. And, and the thing that's interesting is the only reason that you would refuse to acknowledge to God that you were maybe in sin about your outfit. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that maybe you put on your outfit and you thought, I Ooh, think this I makes hot. my rear end look good. <laughs> maybe I'll make sure to wear the really high heels so I can do more yeah. of a attractive walk across. I mean, who knows? My point is... If you did that, the only reason that you would refuse to acknowledge the sin before God is that you've decided you don't want forgiveness. Or right? that you've decided like, that it's not a sin and I shan't treat it as one because right, I want to keep doing it. Because if I acknowledge that this was a sin, I'd have to take action on it. Right. It's like I'd have to do something. And, and I think that this can be um, uh, something as subtle as just really living in your peripheral vision. Like mm -hmm. really just kind of like wanting to see kind of out there in the sides. Did anybody, did anybody sort of like, did I look good there? Look good. Just, did they notice? You know, like, like you have like, your eye oh, on no, the, look at me from my better side. Yeah. But it's just, I do think that there is a, um, a subtlety to it, a not wanting to admit even to yourself in plain language, what it is you're doing. Right. But wanting to have your husband held to a far different standard. Well, right. Because you're like, you have to acknowledge how bad you are to me. And yeah. I'm, and I, I just am saying that men are not more sinners than women. No. And, and they're not more sexual sinners than women. Shockingly, they're no. different. It's actually just different sides of the same sin, right? Yeah. It's different angles on the same thing. So all of this is to say, if you're a married woman, I just think that this is, just consider this a little nudge to step up into being a godly co-laborer and co-heir and friend to your husband. And sister in the Lord. Exactly. And I do think that if you decided to do this, sure, you're going to have to face some things that you don't want to maybe. But yeah, at the but same as time, you will have a much closer relationship with your husband oh than if you cut this whole subject out of your And I think that this comes, comes back to Proverbs 31, that the heart of her husband safely trusted her. And, and let's also clarify that if you decide to have that conversation with your husband, you may not then go running off to report it to all your friends at oh, book group. Oh, to your girlfriends. You Great. do not. Moogly, moogly. No, because because what we're saying is this is something that has a wall around it between and it's just a husband and wife inside well that's the safely the heart of a the heart of her husband safely trusts yeah. her and you that is text. not that does not put the fence around you and all your nearest and dearest no no and when you don't use your husband's sins to try to bond with your girlfriends no. over or and, and it doesn't something. matter if you're just saying have any of you ever had to deal with this with your husband don't Ladies, do it don't tell me real quick it. how do you handle it when i mean like no no and again with the clarifications call a pastor if you need if, one. <laughs> yeah if there's if 
you know, if you found that he's addicted to child porn, get on the phone immediately with your pet. You know, like you there's just, all kinds of this. There's a lot of about, dark, we're talking dark about, places, and we're not talking about and that. There are a lot of Christian communities that I think put a heavy emphasis on accountability groups for men, and I think that if you're in one of those, this might be a thing that you want to think about. Just meaning, like, have you? culturally slipped into a thing where you're like I am no fit partner to help you right deal with this well we should wrap this up we should because we've gone on yeah about it so Becky did you have any tips also just as a random side note I have no idea how that tied into our earlier conversation I don't think it did Oh, you just kind of... I think I just said... Like, apropos of nothing. No, it was just something that I was thinking about the other day because of... uh, Luke was telling me what he wasn't sure he agreed with in this. Like, where he was like, I don't like this. We were talking about why does this advice... Clank. Clank. (laughs) Like, why do we both go, ha, about that? Right. And in that conversation, it was making me realize that I actually think... The woke church and the church where women are on these bizarre crusades to like get deep into the sexual sin of all the men that they're not connected to right. in some way. That it was like this is actually like women like actually weird, are yeah. called to this role, but not at all here. Like and this, not like it's, that. No, it's like a major disruption yeah. of something. But it's not that it's something that. And it's funny that it's women. Some of the time, that would be women who would say they couldn't handle hearing their own husband's struggles, but they are reading all the documents on some dark, yeah. awful thing that yeah. happened somewhere. Like, what and kind of weird thing I do just we have think going you on? You have to have a higher view of your office, and you have to step up into it. Like, like I am going to be a friend, and, yeah, and a sister in the Lord. And Lord, I will honor you here in this and let me actually, let me be a taste of God's grace to my husband. Right. Not like, let him also have to wrestle through this. Exactly. Yeah. So, there you go. That's your marching order. Let's do that. Do that. Okay, until next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.